Okay, from the beginning, All right. welcome to BoffCast, a podcast where two lifelong friends talk about everything and anything. Leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever your podcasts are found. And uh, if you found some value in this podcast, please share with a friend. Um, we're going we're gonna to get into some pretty cool stuff here. Um, so... For the first time, right? <laughs> we totally didn't just record a few minutes beforehand. Um, I'm here with my guest, um, Dr. Danny Hyde. He's got his uh, Bachelor's of Arts from SEC, Master of Divinity from Westminster Seminary, California, Master of Theology from Puritan Reformed Theological Seminary, and just got his PhD dissertation from the Free University of Amsterdam in the Department of Dogmatics and Ecumenics. He is lecturing everywhere and anywhere. Any, any <laughs> most reformed uh, um, people are, are familiar with this name. If you know, if you listen to to Ligonier or, or any any other um, popular reformed uh, multimedia services, you've probably heard a lecture or two from Dr. Hyde. Um, but it's it's been been a pleasure to, to get get to know you and your family over the past couple of years and and yeah I'd, I'd say you're you're not just uh, not just a minister but you're also a friend so thank you for being oh, cool. on, thank you for being on the podcast <laughs> and um, yeah so I'm excited to uh, just talk with you and learn a little bit about about you and and promote uh, a book that's coming up sure so um, yeah so let, let's let's uh, let's get right into it so how how did you how did the Lord bring you to faith in Christ. Uh, yeah, good question. It's always uh, one of the first ones people ask me, but it's a big question too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I was I, I I'm from Southern California, and I uh, I've only lived for an extended period of time outside of SoCal twice. Yep. Uh, I lived in Sacramento for one year when I was like in fourth grade. My parents got divorced, and they we got shipped up to great grandma's house. Oh wow! For a summer, and that ended up becoming a whole school year. So that was the only time. I lived that far away, you know, from the beach. Mm. Uh, and then Sarah Jean and I, when I was at Westminster, uh, between my second and third slash last year, uh, we served a little tiny church. I was, I was an intern in Dune, Iowa. Oh, wow. Population 400. Yeah, back, <laughs> big time. Yeah, it was a big time. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I went from the AAA to the show. Um, <laughs> was, the crazy thing was, like, we lived in San Clemente. Yeah, and, you know San Clemente now is crazy, I and mean, this is like twenty, what twenty two years ago, twenty three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, San Clemente was like I don't know thirty thousand people maybe back then. Now it's like I don't know how big of a church is sprawl. Um, yeah. So I think our apartment complex that we lived in, I mean for sure had like at least a thousand people, right? Like so our apartment complex was like multiple times the size of the town <laughs> that we went to to live in. So yeah, um, yeah. But besides that, from SoCal, um, you know I live five miles from the beach right now. That's like about as far as I ever lived. Yeah, from the ocean. So, um, well, I should say I lived in Escondido for a year as well. Sorry. Oh, right, right, right. For Westminster before we got married. Yeah, and that was the hottest place I ever lived. That, Escondido. That My goodness. Um, yeah. God bless those uh, Escondidites out there. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, my dad. So my 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 parents got married. You know, out of high school. My mom was raised. You know, very strict Catholic. And uh, uh, hey, step get the dog. <laughs> we have Valkyrie the Wonder. Oh the, yes, the Wonder Pup here. Oh, I know, um, I know. I love you too. So, uh, <laughs> anyways, yeah. Hey, I can't hear myself anymore. By the way. Oh really? Okay. I think you shut me down. Yeah, you blocked me. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that's better. Okay. So yeah, my parents are also from SoCal, uh, Long Beach. I was born in Long Beach. Um, so was I. Yeah. 
I know. It's like everybody I know is like, you know, because <laughs> Long Beach is like, you know, like it's still LA County at least. Yeah. Right? Uh, but you're kind of getting like, you're, I mean, right in the border of, 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 of OC. So, yep. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's a decent sized city. Um, even back then, it was like a decent sized city, it had multiple high schools and that kind of thing. So, right, right. Yeah. Um, so, ba- you know, I was baptized in the Roman Catholic Church. You know, my mom was raised very strict as a Catholic. My dad was raised, you know, not in any church. And then mm. my dad became a believer in Calvary Chapel. Yeah. Uh, the Calvary Chapel movement. So, um, you know, we, I, I have faint memories of going to like Big Calvary, Costa Mesa. Um, you know, as a real small kid, like I think probably kinder, first, second grade ish in that range. I have to have my mom confirm. Right, right. But, um, yeah, like I, my memories are like, I remember going to Sunday school once. If anybody knows, if anybody out there knows Big Calvary, Costa Mesa, you know, you know the Sunday school building, mm-hmm. um, second floor. I just remember crying my eyes out because my mom had like, was, you know, dropping me off in this class and never, you know, I didn't know any kids and it was just, yeah, you know, that's always hard. Traumatic experience at a church, you know, as a kid. Yeah. Uh, and then Friday night movie nights back in the day, Calvary <laughs> had Friday night movie nights. That's so right. like thief in the night, you know, was, uh, like, you know, that, I mean that, that genre of movie, like crossing the switchblade, yeah. you know, like seventies <laughs> yeah. or very early eighties, like Christian movies. Yeah. And they're all like intended to get you scared. Oh, of man. something so that you would like do the altar call and like dedicate your life to Christ. So, yeah. you know, even as a tiny little kid, I just remember those vivid memories. Um, so, you know, uh, my parents divorced mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, you know, I think nine, nine years old or so. They separated slash divorced eventually. Um, mm. You know, yeah, moved to Sacramento for a year, came back down to SoCal, um, you know, and never we went to church like midnight mass yeah. like, with my grandparents you know, so I, I've been telling my kids this week about, you know, midnight mass. And they're just like, who goes to church at midnight on Christmas <laughs> Eve? I'm like, hey, man, the faithful do, you know. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you go to bed early in the hopes of getting your presents in the morning. But then you That's get woken right. up mid-sleep with your pajamas on, like, and you're carted up to church, you know. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, uh like that was like our experience of my experience, our experience as a family, my brothers and I for of church for you know years until my dad, my dad rededicated his life to Christ. Mm. Um, you know, I was like 17 years old and he invited my brothers and I, I'm in the middle of three, three, three boys. He invited us to church, you know, we we're all at that point, you know, teens old enough to make our own choices and whatever. Yeah. Um, so my older brother didn't, you know, go, my younger brother didn't want to go. I wanted to go for some reason. Um, you know, and I went, and so uh, that that church, Hope Chapel, Hope from, Chapel, Formosa Beach, um, Four Square Church. You know, mm-hmm. Sister Amy. Um, yep. You know, I mean, I knew nothing yep. about this stuff, right? This yeah. is crazy. Like, went. Um, I honestly remember. I can remember being there. I sat in the back row with my dad. It's very big. It's an old like bowling alley. Yeah. Um, you know, right in Coast Highway, Sepulveda, wow. in, in 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 Hermosa. Um, yeah, I remember hearing the gospel, believing, crying, you know, that night, asking God mm. for mercy to save me. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's like my conscious moment of conversion, you know. Um, now I can look back and say, obviously, you know, say like, hey, God, I was baptized. Legit- that's right. I was, you know, I was legitimately baptized in the name of the Trinity, you know. That's right. And it's God who does the work. In the Catholic Church, yep. but like, God is the one who did the work, right? That's right. And, like even through, you know, again, a denomination's like, you know, formed the United States and the 
1900s by Sister Amy Simmel McPherson. Like, that's right. God used all these like things to bring to bring me to Him. So, um, yeah, that's kind of like how I got converted. Well, praise God. Um, so yeah, so so you 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 have this conversion experience uh, at at that at that Foursquare Church, and like you said, you, looking back, it's God being faithful to His covenant with you. Um, what to me like like how how what was your journey like coming to the, like the Reformation yeah. side of Christianity? Yeah, um, gosh. So, I mean, honestly, like if I think back and I say like when I was first a Christian in high school, yeah, uh, I played basketball, and so like it was just it was very hard. Like as a you know. I don't want to toot my own horn, but like as a star basketball player. Okay, okay. no, no, no. <laughs> Call it what it is. I'm not as good as, you know, the big boy sitting behind me. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I was a star basketball player on the team. And, you know, become a Christian. It's like you don't, you're, you get invited to parties and you don't go. Sure. You know, and all your teammates are like, you know, I mean, you know, you grow up in, like, so I, I went to Redondo High. So, you know, yeah. I, like Redondo is like, I mean, I'm born in Long Beach, but I would consider Redondo my hometown. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah, you know, like everyone surfs, boogie boards, skates, you know, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the, the, the crew of guys I hung out with, you know, like just, they just want to party, you know? Like, <laughs> that's right. You know, do the grunge thing. Oh, yeah. You know, um, just go to parties, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, just punk rock, you know, skateboarding, boogie, boogie boarding. It's right up my alley. Pennywise, bro. You know? That's right. You know, bro, bro him was our was our come out song to oh, every yeah. game. Oh my goodness. Yeah, bro him was our was our hype song back in the day. That's how white our high school was. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, it's funny. Like I, I was watching this documentary on uh, on Woodstock 1999, mm-hmm. and so it was like showing like all like the bands that were like big at the time. I guess like, like the the big ones were Limp Biscuit, yeah, yeah, and Corn. <laughs> I was like, wow, we have really changed. <laughs> we, have, we have really changed as far as like what's oh, big gosh. now. But anyway, so, so yeah, yeah. So like, you know, like and... you know, you start to like, as a younger Christian, you start reading the Bible more and you start realizing like, yeah, that I'm experiencing some form of persecution. You know, like it's hard yeah. as a teenager and like mm-hmm. why and so I went off to college. Um, you mentioned SEC, uh, Southern California College. Now yep. it's Vanguard University. Okay. Um, which is a uh, 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 which is an Assemblies of God. Oh, really? School. Yeah. Cool. So there's Evangel College that's like in Springfield, Missouri. That's the headquarters of the AG. And then they had uh, then SEC now Vanguard. Yeah. It's like their other school. Uh, and Vanguard is the most popular one now by far. Um, yeah, I went to play basketball and uh, you know go to school. It was close by. It was local. It was a good level of basketball. You know, for me, and um, you know, and I was a young Christian, so I wanted to go to Christian college. So I, yeah. you know, kind of rejected other opportunities to play basketball in college because I wanted to go to a Christian college and play mm-hmm. somewhere close to home. Um, but yeah, my experience there was like kind of difficult. You know, like mm-hmm. the Pentecostal. Oh sure, because that's Pentecostal, right? So I went from like Foursquare, which can be like outwardly speaking, like much more. You know, it look it can look more like you know, swinging from chandeliers and like, yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Then the AG, the AG can be kind of sane, you know, kind of like <laughs> tame, you know? Um, yeah. So, but the theology underlying the AG, of course, is like the whole experience of speaking in tongues is like a necessity, you know? Oh, sure. Yeah. For the believer. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you start learning that stuff and start like, you know, and there's chapel services and there's like midweek Bible studies and you have roommates and, you know, dorm mates and, 
you know, and I'm like, hey, I, I never heard this stuff before. Like, yeah. I knew about speaking in tongues and like all this stuff because I was in a charismatic church, but I didn't know like you had to do it. And so like, well, how do mm. I get this, you know, gift? And so I remember like one, I don't know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever morning it was, yeah. chapel service. After <clears throat> the service, they invited anybody that wanted to, you know, be prayed over to receive the Holy Spirit into this little like kind of like a cry room in the back of a huge yeah. sanctuary, massive oh. sanctuary. But afterwards, so I went into, I remember going in there and like, I sat, literally sat on a chair, was surrounded by people, you know, kind of getting jumped in, like into the Holy Spirit, you know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but the thing was that, like, I never spoke in tongues. Wow. Like, I wanted it so bad. Yeah. Um, I had people lay hands on me, like, repeat after me, kind of like mantras. Oh, man. You know, totally how you you know what it. I mean? Totally you know, how you get it. That whole thing. Yeah. Um, I read a book. I, I, was given a, I was given a book by R.A. Torrey. How to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's kind mm-hmm. of like a classic, like in the charismatic, you know, kind of SoCal charismatic thing in yeah. the, you know, whatever, 20, early 20th century. Um, and it was like literally like a step by step process. Here's what you got to do. And I remember doing that. Like, you know, if you, anyone out there Googles it, you know, maybe for your own personal research, research purposes, but don't try to follow the steps because, you know, <laughs> um, but I did all that. Nothing happened, right? Like I just yeah. never, I never got that. And like, so all that's going on. I'm kind of disillusioned by like, hey, maybe I'm not really a Christian at all. Yeah, man, it's I got a terrible feeling. Teammates who are at a Christian school, um, but none of them are going to church. Then I got like, you know, dorm mates, roommates, whatever. Like, going to chapel to the altar calls every Monday, Tuesday morning because they went to TJ in the weekend. You know, Tijuana. <laughs> they got right? to repent. Yeah, yeah. I got to repent and, and get, get rededicated and like give your life back to Jesus. That's and, right. Like, get, get born again again. Um, <laughs> third, so like all, third blessing. <laughs> exactly. Like all that stuff was so disillusioning to me. And so I started really doubting whether I was a Christian in the first place. Mm. And, um, you know, and beca- because it was a Christian college, they had a religion department. Yeah. And there's all kinds of courses you could take. So I took like a, a seminar on Islam. Mm-hmm. And then I took a field trip on my own up to Los Angeles to the Islamic center of Los Angeles, like yeah. met with an imam, got a Quran, read it, you know, talked to multiple, you know, like they're trying to evangelize me. Right. Sure. Uh, that did the same thing with like Buddhism, Hinduism. There's a local rabbi that I was meeting with. Um, JW's Mormons in my dorm room. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, it was a Christian college. So it's, you know, somewhat tame, but like, you know, just imagine like, you know, a dorm room can get kind of loud and rowdy and like this and that, even though it's a Christian college and it's like segregated dorms. Like, oh, sure. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, boys and girls. Um, but like Mormons and JWs are going, going up, the, up the staircase. They're going up the elevator. And really? And it's like, where are these dudes going, man? And like a train of guys are following these missionaries to my dorm room. And like, <laughs> like what is Hyde doing? Like yeah. bringing, up, bringing, you know, missionaries into the dorm, man. We got to turn the ball. We got to turn the music down now. Like, oh, you know, man. we can't have fun now, you know, because like <laughs> the elders in their white suits are, you know, are walking in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like all that is going on. And I started... I had to take, you know, the required, you know, intro to like theology class, philosophy class. Yeah. And that professor was so awesome. Uh, Dr. Ronald Wright, he passed away, you know, uh, well over a decade ago. Wow. Um, Dr. Wright was awesome. And um, yeah, I, w- I was just asking all these questions like out loud. And like most of the kids there are like AG kids, like pastors, kids, missionaries, kids, they grew up in the AG. Um, and I'm like this outside, you know, you know, black sheep. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm asking all these questions that they've never even like thought about, probably. Really? You know, yeah. Hey, like I know that you know, 
you know, this, these verses in Acts are used to say that I, gotta, that I have to speak in tongues, but I tried, and I, and I haven't done it yet. What do I do? Yeah. Or, hey, you know, how come, you know, Jesus says, like, you know, no one can snatch me out of the Father's hand? Or why, why does Paul talk about, like, those who are predestined are glorified? Oh, but yeah. Yet, but yet you got, you know, I'm in the class over here, and the professor's <laughs> talking about, like, kids losing their salvation. So I'm asking yeah. all these, like, big theological questions, very practical questions, personal questions. And so every day after class, he would, like, take me aside to his office and was, like, just handing me books. And was like, you know, you have some great questions today, class. Like, all your questions have been asked by people, you know, for generations. Yeah. And there's great answers to your questions. You know, I, I don't have time to do it all in class, but I'm going to give you this book. And so, you know, he gave me, like, Martin Luther, like, Galatians commentary. So wow. The gospel, right? Yeah. Um, he was like, you ever heard of this guy named C.H. Spurgeon? He's this great preacher. Let me give you some collections of his sermons just to encourage you. you yeah. Know, I, I like devour that stuff. I come oh, back. Oh, yeah. What do I read next? He's like, you know, there's this guy named John Calvin. You know? Oh, man. <laughs> you may have heard of him. <laughs> yeah, you may have heard of this guy, you know, or you may not have heard of this guy, this Puritan guy, John Owen, right? So, like, that's mm-hmm. how I got introduced to John Owen. Wow. Um, so, um, yeah, you know, all that stuff, like, so I'm learning all this stuff, but I'm still, like, not really going to church because I'm disillusioned, but I'm learning a bunch of theology and I'm trying to put it all together in my head. Right. And then, right. I, and then I have this like, yeah, bless you, Sip. <laughs> um, then there's a guy, I met this guy in college, yeah, this guy on campus in college. He's an older guy, you know, uh, he, he lived in the married dorms. You know, I'm like, you know, most of us live in the single dorms. That's right. You know, it's like a few married people on campus who live in their own dorms. Nice. Um, so, Every, I met this guy. We start chatting, and he's like, "Hey, man, you should come over to my to my to you know to to our apartment on on Sunday nights. We listen to this show called The Why Her Sin." Boom. Yeah. Um, and I was like, you know, yeah, what's that all about? So <laughs> I come to his dorm. We listen to it and like religiously every Sunday night. And yeah. this is back in the day of like radio only, right? Like, That's right. You couldn't, tapes, you, couldn't down, you couldn't download. Yeah, you couldn't yeah. download stuff. No, there's no such thing as an iPod. There's no there's no you, you don't have iPhones. You can't download podcasts. <laughs> That's right. It's either listen to the radio. Make a f- physical phone call, <laughs> or send a physical piece of mail to get tapes. That's right. <laughs> you know, and to put in your cassette tape. You know, to yeah. cassette deck. So, oh yeah. Um, we started listening to White Horse, and I was blown away. Oh, like man. just blown away, right? Yeah. Um, so like did that for a while, and then you know I meet Kara Jean, and we start going to church, and you know we're going to like Calvary, we're going to like you know non-denom, charismatic, Pentecostal. You know, we're going to all the kind of stuff that you know her and I were. You know, exposed to and are used to. Mm-hmm. Um, start serving in a church um, uh, as a youth pastor. You know, her and I as youth, you know, youth pastors. Oh yeah. You know, the AG and Foursquare. You know, there's women's ordination, so mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't a big deal to have you know people called youth pastors, you know, That's pastors right. of women, right? So, um, yeah, uh, she always jokes even till this day, like, you know, you're so lucky. You know, if I if I was if I was able to be ordained, you know. <laughs> I'd have a bigger church than you, you know. I'd have baptized more people than you by now. You oh, know. no. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that's true? I, I don't know, man. She's pretty charismatic, you know. Like, great personality. So, awesome. Um, yeah, so, like, then I I remember getting off, like, a Sunday from, like, doing youth pastoring, youth ministry, to, and I went to Christ Reformed Church. Oh, man. Because Horton Riddlebarger, right? And yeah. they had a little ad on there for their church. And that, this is back when it was in Placentia, like across the freeway from Calcite Fullerton, mm. but not in Anaheim. <clears throat> um, and I go there, and it was like they met in an old Lutheran church. Yeah. And it was like, you know, it's, I mean, it, rem, it, it reminded me of like the reverence 
in the yeah. awe of the Catholic Church, but it was just so much Bible, Bible yeah. reading, the hymns, the like everything, everything was just like saturated with the Bible, um, and I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, you know, I thought it was the greatest thing. I mean, I didn't know what was going on. Like, um, <laughs> there's there's that funny there's a funny clip from that uh, that show Family Guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't watch it per se, but like I've seen funny clips of it. And there's this yeah. one episode where he's like trying to get like all all of his coworkers are trying to invite him to church. <laughs> yeah, like I don't I don't know if you watch the show or not, but I do, I do. Yeah, yeah. So this is one episode where like they're uh, so he for some reason like Hank wants to leave his church <laughs> and go somewhere else, and of course like I don't know his wife's name. Um, no, is yeah that was I think it was family. I'm pretty sure it was Family Guy. Yeah, it was yeah. Family Guy. His wife, I don't know her name, but she wants to go to like the mega church where the Dallas Cow- the former Dallas Cowboys, the pastor. But I like, I've seen this. But like yeah. Hank is like, there's no end with the mega church, you know, it's not real church, or whatever. Yeah. So like, you know, every guy at work at the office is like inviting him and like he gets invited to like the snake to the snake handling, like Pentecostal. Oh yeah. And some guy vomits on the on the floor and the Holy Spirit, you know, vomits in the spirit. He thinks it's tra- he thinks it's nuts. He goes he goes to like the secret sensitive church, like he opens the door up and it's like some like lovey dovey like song to Jesus. He's yeah. like, I'm out of here. my boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. This is not, it's not, this is not manly enough. Uh, and then, and then there's this, there's so in that whole like trek of churches, he goes to a Catholic church and it's in Spanish. <laughs> yeah. And whatever, like everyone stands, he sits. And whenever they sit, he tries to stand. Yeah. But he's like too, always like two seconds too early or too late. Yeah. And so eventually, like they instead of standing or sitting, he doesn't realize like what they're doing. They're all going down to the kneeler to kneel. Oh. And yeah. he like he like slips and like hits his head on the pew <laughs> and like knocks himself out or whatever. Yeah. That's how I felt like when I first walked into Reformed Church. Yeah. I was like, I don't know what to when to stand, when to sit, what to say, when to say it. But I was like, this stuff is great. Yeah. Like this stuff is awesome, right? So that's kind of like how I started learning about reformed stuff, um, you know, and uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that's like, I don't want to say that's all she wrote, but that's kind of like, that's the journey that I was on. And like, I graduated college, my professor, Dr. Wright, uh, asked me what I was going to do next. He was like, you really need to go to grad school. You really need to pursue your PhD. Um, yeah. And I said, okay, well, like all the students in the religion department, because by that point I changed, changed majors. Well, wow. um, to religion, uh, like biblical studies, religion, everyone goes to Fuller Seminary, like Fuller Seminary is like, that's right. Know, that's the place like, to go. Like, like the big, the big show in town, you know, yep. like the big gig. But he was like, ah, yeah, you don't want to go to Fuller. You, <laughs> you want to go to Westminster. And I was like, really? Where, where's Westminster? You know, he's like, you got to drive down to Escondido. You need to go meet uh, a friend of mine named Bob Godfrey. Yeah. The man. Isn't it crazy? Like the man. Wow. Bob Godfrey knew Ronald Wright. Wow. Uh, because uh, Professor Wright uh, also, like in Los Angeles and Orange County too, but there are like huge, like Korean Pentecostal churches. Yep. Yep. Huge. Like, I mean, the largest church in the world is in Seoul. Yep. You know, like David Yonggi Cho, right? He's a pastor of that church. Like, huge I mean, church. Hundreds of thousands of people. It's crazy. Yep. Um, so he, like, on the, like, outside of his teaching responsibilities at SEC, was also teaching at like some Korean, semi- like, Bible college mm. and at some churches in like LA yeah. and they translate for him, of course. Um, and while he was doing that, he met this young guy named Julius Kim. Yep. <laughs> right. Like, so he's, you know, uh, he still, still teaches at Westminster, but um, I think now he's always like the president of gospel coalition. Right. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So Julius like was 
one of the first like SEC student graduates to end up going to Westminster. Really? So because of that, Bob knew Dr. Wright. And so I show up with my other buddy. And by that point, there's been like several SEC students, Pentecostal, you know, who've gone to Westminster and, you know, and got reformed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's so cool. Got man. reformed. I love so it. So we show up. I'm like, you know, is, is, is Dr. Godfrey, Bob God, Robert Godfrey, you know, uh, available today? Is he in the office? Like, oh, yeah. So like literally like, you know, he invites me in. I mentioned Dr. Wright. He's like all excited, you know, and like, so we had that instant connection and like, that's why I ended up, um, you know, finished seminary and yeah. And that's kind of like my reformed, wow. my reformed journey. Oh, and I should say in all that at, so I, I go to Westminster cause I, by that point, like up through college, I was, uh, you know, a youth pastor in a Pentecostal church. Yep. So I had never been a member of a reformed church. Wow. I attended a couple of times, you know, like crash reformed. Just to get my little fix, you know, every once in a while. <laughs> get your you reform know, fix. Get my little reform fix. That's right. Um, besides the white horse. Um, but show up <laughs> to seminary, and Carrie and I are engaged. She's living in Orange County. I'm living in Escondido. And the seminary has a little apartment complex. They put me with a roommate, um, this guy, John Klompien. Okay. Uh, this Dutch guy. You know, I had, like, don't... Very Dutch name. Yeah, exactly. I don't think I even met a Dutch guy, like, growing up. <laughs> I'm like, what's Dutch? Where's the Netherlands, right? That's right. Um and you this know, guy, I yeah. had, had a, a fun, you know, you mentioned Dr. Godfrey. Um, I had a fun interaction with him uh, when, when, when I went down to the Ligonier conference yep. at Escondido. Um, you know, I went, I went up to him. I, I said, hey, you know, I, I read a lot of your stuff. Just wanted to thank you for, for your labors. And um, I got to say, like, it, it's beautiful to see this, like, beautiful Dutch reformed building. And he looked, he looked at me, he's like, are you Dutch? And I'm like, obviously I'm like this like super brown guy. And I'm like, yeah, my, my last name's Van Jimenez. And he's like, well, I'm Van Godfrey. It was, it was, it was really cool. But anyway, so you, you had that, yeah. du- you had that Dutch uh, roommate. And the du- yeah. So my Dutch roommate, who's like, you know, uh, the son of a pastor, his two other brothers are also in seminary, other seminaries. Okay. His grandpa's a pastor. Like, I mean, pastor, 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 pastor. Going back to like the Synod of Dort. You know? Like, <laughs> nice. You know, they can like, you know, yeah, like trace it back to the mother country. You know. Yeah. And so here, here's this guy who's like his whole life is like Dutch reforms. Yep. And here's this guy whose whole life is just you know SoCal like charismatic evangelicalism. Yep. You know who's like super on fire for reformed theology, right? And uh, so we room we room together. We meet each other, you know, move in, and then like that Sunday is coming up, and uh, uh, I had a buddy. We w- we went to Westminster together. My friend who was married, and they were going to a to a PCA. Okay. And Kara Jean, <clears throat> my my wife now, you know, she drove down that weekend that that weekend to go to church. Like so, we all went to church together. We were, we were all you know buddies. Um, so we go to church, and then uh, so afterwards, I ask her, you know, you know, so what do you think? Because my friend was like, "Hey, Carajin's gonna love this church because it's reformed." Yeah, but it's like Calvary—it's reformed theology, but it's Calvary Chapel worship. Yep, yep, yep. Right. So I don't want to denigrate the PC out there, so I'm not gonna mention the name, and I'm not gonna like <laughs> say too much bad. That's my—that's not my purpose here. Sure. Uh, so apologies to my PCA friends. Um, no, it's fine. Uh, it's fine. So I asked Carajin, "Hey, so what do you think? You know, like, you know, they said it was gonna be a great, like, you know, kind of like a halfway between, <laughs> halfway point, yeah. you know." Reformed and, you know, what we're used to, charismatic. And she's like, if you're going to drag me down this reform thing, you better go all the way. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what the heck? You know? Like, yeah. So my wife's, you know, really hardcore about, about everything, you know? So yeah. um, I was like, what do they even mean? And she was like, I can get better, like, I, I can get a better praise band. 
I can get a better experience. I can get a better everything at like, and just stay at the church that we're already at. Yeah. Like, wh- why would I need this? You know? So I was like, man, that's crazy. Like, I thought she was going to love this. I thought this was like, you know, a good so, meeting point. Yeah. You know, so we all, you know, we had lunch. She goes back to OC. I go back to my dorm or to my apartment and my, and my roommate, John, who's now a pastor uh, in, 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 uh, uh, in Michigan, uh, in Holland, Michigan. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, that's how Dutch he is. Um, <laughs> I'd go back it's to like, Holland. It's like four thirty in the afternoon. I'm just totally lazing out, you know, vegging out. Yeah, you know, doing non-Sabbath things because you know he's like very holy. He's like in his in his like room, like right? Reading, taking a quick quick you know cat nap, reading his Bible. That's right. Reading his Heidelberg Catechism. That's right. And I'm like watching TV, listening to radio, <laughs> you know, just like up and about and yeah. You know, and so it's like, I don't know, it's at some point he comes out, of it, he comes out like dressed up, all dressed up. And I'm wearing my, you know, pajamas, you know? Yeah. And he's like, hey man, you want to come to church with me tonight? And I'm like, who goes to church at night? That's right. Like, that's what right. What the heck? Seriously, I'm like, I already went to church. What do you mean? He's like, oh, well. What about you know, second church? Yeah. yeah well, we have, we have a nice uh, evening service. I'm like, it's the same, it's like the same, at the same church? You mean it's like the same, it's the same sermon from the morning, but you guys have multiple services? Oh, I guess we're <laughs> used to. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I'm like, you mean this is like, like, yeah, like, Multi services, and this is just like the final. Is no, no, it's a totally different service. Like, yeah, you know, different sermon, different. I'm like, really? Oh, okay. So I show up there, and it's that's now Escondido URC. You know, back in the day, it was Christian Reformed Church, the CRC. Yep. And you know, back to the college thing, like CR, the denomination, the Christian Reformed Church was the same denomination as like Christ Reformed Church in Anaheim. Yep, yep, yep. Or Placentia then, you know, with Horton Riddlebarger. Yep. So, anyways, I go there. Uh, Reverend Kamiga, Andrew Kamiga. Uh, who's in glory now? Uh, I was preaching through Romans nine, mm. and it's like I don't know. We sang three, three or four songs from the Psalter hymnal, the old blue Psalter hymnal. Yep, yep. You know, to an organ. You know, I'm like I'm like the shortest male in the entire congregation. You're six, the shortest male. I'm six four. I'm the I'm the shortest guy in the whole like <laughs> sanctuary, right? Like, yeah. everyone's got blonde hair, blue eyes, <laughs> and they're like six eight. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, man, this place is crazy, you know. Yeah. Um, the big front line here, you know? <laughs> um, so, yeah, he, he's like, he preached on Romans 9. He's like, blew, he's knocked out of the park, right? And I was like, just blew me away. And so, like, that was, from that point forward, like, that was my church. Wow. That's where I was going to go. I showed up to the, pa- I just walked to the pastor's parsonage. I never, you know, I never met him. I didn't even know pastors lived in houses next to the church in the old school <laughs> way. Yeah. Um, I, you know, walked to the office. She's like, oh, pastor, you know, Kamiga's in his office, you know, next door. You walk this little secret route. You get this, you know, the secret handshake, yeah. you know, secret knock, whatever <laughs> you, you know, right. you get in there somehow. Um, you know, and I'm like, hey, I'm Danny Hyde. I'm a Westminster student. I want to become a member. Like, what do I got to do to become a member, of the, a member of the church? You know? Yeah. Um, and, and he was like, well, uh, I don't know. I'm not really sure. Uh, why don't you just come on over to the to the to the consistory? I'm like, what's a consistory? Yeah, know? that's right. That's right. All so like, foreign terms. Yeah, they just never they they never had like you know guys like us. You know, yeah. you know the Gentiles, right? Like, like the non-Dutch, <laughs> like outsiders show up and want to be a member. Yep. Like you're born, you're either born or you know you you move that's from one right. Dutch church to another, right? You don't, like nobody like us comes. Yeah. So. I didn't do like a membership class. I didn't do like anything. I just show up to the elders meeting, the consistory, yep. and they did the membership interview. Wow. And yeah. <laughs> and it was like, they were just kind of, they were more blown away with the fact that I was there. Yeah. <laughs> it was whole, yeah. it was foreign to them. Yeah. It was crazy. It was like, you know, I mean, they asked me some basic stuff, but like, 
they were just so fascinated and blown away that, well, why, why, like, why are you here again? Like, why would somebody want to come? Why? Yeah. So you're coming from a church that's has uh, tons of people. It's exciting. <laughs> has this huge rock band, like speaking in tongues. Everything's crazy, you know. And you're coming here, like, are you are you real? You know. Yeah. So it was like they made it so hard to become a member. Like they didn't want me to become a member. It seemed like you know. Um, but I did, you know, that's the, that's how I ended up in the Christian Reformed Church. And then, like, two months later, the Christian Reformed Church had drama, and the URC formed. Mm-hmm. Um, or, I don't know, actually, the dates on that, but, yeah. yeah. Escondido CRC, join the URC, whatever. So, yeah. that's why I ended up where I'm at. Wow. Yeah. So, it's a long story, I know, but it's crazy. It's, like, so many, like, little twists and turns. Yeah, you see, just see, like, little instances of God's providence just kind of guiding you towards the truths of the Reformation. Yep. That's awesome. So, you know, like, um, you know, I'm sure there's a million details I didn't mention, or maybe some things I'm not remembering exactly, but like, you know, hopefully like something out of that, all that, if, someone, if someone's listening and hears that, like, you know, hopefully it encourages them to know, like, uh, like at least I like understand the yep. journey that a lot of people have to undergo to get to where, like, you know, we want them to get. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's a lot of stuff. So it's like, I just learned over the many years of myself going through that. And then, you know, as a pastor, of course, as a young pastor, you're, you know, you're just zealous and you just want everyone to join and like, you know. Just get get on get on the train already. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, but you know, you, you learn like to be patient with people and just, you know, hey, there's lots of Christians out there. They don't, they're not all going to join this church or whatever. And I, yeah. and I'm, I'm cool with that. You know, like, um, you know, I wish they would all like come around. Yeah. think that what we have is awesome, but, you know, yeah. So if people hear that, you know, it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of gory details, but yeah, yeah. it's hopefully encourages people to know like, hey, there are pastors out there in Reformed churches who have gone through the same struggles that you're going through, like to get that's right to that reformational like understanding. So, Well, that's cool. I, I, um, I, I had my pastor, Reverend Coleman, on, on the podcast, and yeah, he, he, had, he had like a, like a similar similar experience you know like, like listening to white horse in yep. with his college buddies um uh eventually finding himself at at anaheim and yep it, it's, it's cool to, to yeah, hear yeah. that hear the parallels <laughs> and I, I identify that with some of my story as yep. well so it's it's cool yeah. um so you know you, uh, sorry so you, did you always have in mind that like you want to like enter the ministry no or how, how did that no, how like, that internal call yeah. start for you um you know, like I was saying, like even as a Pentecostal youth pastor who was learning about Reformed theology yeah. in a classroom setting, um, you know, in my professor who was very influential, you know, in my life, Professor Wright, um, he, yeah, he was always pushing me to get my PhD, like go on to seminary and go get a PhD. Yeah, like, you need to be teaching. You need to be teaching. Um, and that's what that that was my plan. You know, when I showed up at Westminster's doorstep, I was like, hey, I'll just do a two year two year master's degree. Like, I don't need to get an MDiv. I'm not going to be a pastor. Yeah. I'm going to get a master's degree in theology. I was, you know, my plan was to go to SDSU, San Diego State, to get my master's degree in philosophy, and then get a PhD in some theology or whatever, and then, you know, hopefully teach. Um, yeah, and the whole, like, the whole pastor thing, like, dropped on my lap, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, I mean, it was it was God's plan, you know? Like, um, it, you know, it's like my, my own, in my own wisdom, I thought I knew what was best. For me, right, yeah. and not just for me, but like what was best for God's people. Like I thought I knew better, um, <laughs> but 
you know, for some reason I had like an, some kind of like tug in my heart to switch my major, to be an MDiv student and, uh, you know, to train, to be a, you know, to preach. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, like I was always like, I mean, I talk really fast. Right. Um, and I always, I was never like a fan of public speaking. Mm. So I always just felt like self-conscious. Sure. Yeah. I felt nervous, anxious, like it's not for me. There's no way. Like, so when I did that, when I switched over my major, I started taking some like very basic, you know, kind of practical theology preaching classes. And then, um, I think I mentioned earlier at the beginning, you know, I was like, Hey, if I'm going to do this, I better like get more experience. And so yeah. I went to the office at seminary. I met with, uh, uh, the Dean of students like, Hey, like, how do you like, what, what should I do? He's like, Oh, you need to do like a summer internship. You need to yeah. find a church that needs an intern and just, it helps you get more experience. Well, how do I do that? You know? And it's like, I ended up in Dune, Iowa, this tiny little, this <laughs> tiny right. little, you know, church that joined the URC, uh, you know, Dutch reform church in the, in, in farm, farmville, you know, Iowa, it's a great little town. We still have great friends from there. Wonderful. It's a great place. Um, you know, so I showed up there and their, their pastor had just taken a call somewhere else. And so they're vacant. They didn't have any a pastor. They didn't have you know, anyone lined up. And I said, Hey, I'm available. Terry and I packed a car up, drove across country, um, showed up. I was there for 10 weeks preached morning and evening for 10 straight weeks. Yeah. Um, and it was just like, Hey, if I'm going to do this, I just got to do it. Like there's no easing into it, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, full bore. Um, yeah. and so, and the cool thing was the former pastor had come like the week or two before, like right, right when we got there, he, he came like a week or two after we got there, uh, to do a baptism. Cause someone, somebody in the church wanted their kid to be baptized by him. Okay. And so they were like in Michigan, I think he and his yeah. wife drove from Michigan to Iowa to do this baptism and whatever. Um, so, and he, and this is great. Cause like, again, like I talk really fast. I'm really energetic. And I hear I am this like, you know, what looks like a dead as a doornail, like Dutch reform church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're not exactly and I'm like, for excitement. And I'm yeah. like super excited. But then I'm like, man, I'm like, these people are just not, they're just not listening or they're not feeling my vibe or, yeah. you know, maybe I need to tone it down some or whatever. So like, I don't know. I felt really self, even more self-conscious. So I was kind of like, <laughs> I was toning it down. I was, you know, Kerjin's like, what happened? Like last week, you're kind of like, you're kind of boring, you know, like, <laughs> you know, you're like all quiet and like all like stiff and like not yourself. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, it just seems like I'm too over the top of these people. Well, the previous pastor that like, he shows up, he preach, he preaches. And so I like, I, that Sunday morning I didn't preach. Um, uh, I think that was like my only time I didn't preach that, that whole summer. Mm. And he was just like going off. Like this guy was awesome. Um, uh, and he wasn't, a, he wasn't, he wasn't a Dutch guy. He was kind of like me, an outsider coming in. Yeah. And so he's very passionate. And so afterwards I was talking to him and, um, he was like, Hey man, my only advice to you is just be yourself, mm. you know, like be yourself. Yeah. Like, you know, you're kind of like me, you have a similar story. Like you're very passionate for the reformed faith. Like just, just let it all out. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, it's okay to do that. <laughs> you know, I, cause I, I'm like, I thought it had to be like very staid and like very sterile and like you know, real reverence and like up there, I can't like get, I can't get out of my comfort zone. I can't, we, want, we don't want to be too charismatic. I can't release the beast, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, Oh, it's okay. So then from that point on, I was like, okay, I can just be myself. Yeah. You know? And like, just, yeah. So I'm saying, yeah, you know, we all have our own passion. Like it comes out in our own ways. And for me, it comes out in like, just, I'm like, I get very like outwardly energized by the stuff that we're talking about. Right. So good. Anyways. Yeah. I will say, yeah, that, that, that was like, um, pro probably 
the the one thing that I I uh, I missed um, when 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 coming over from the char- charismatic uh, like assemblies of God type yep. theology to Dutch Reformed yep. is like I kind of missed some of that some of that excitement. <laughs> um, but I, you know l- later on I, I I learned that there there is there is some room for yep. for excitement. We don't have to be these boring guys. Sure, sure. And I was I was encouraged. I, I'm, and for clarification, I'm not calling my current church boring. Just <laughs> be, be clear. I, I love the way my pastor preaches, and it's great. Um, but I, I was I was encouraged. Uh, I, I think I saw like an Instagram clip of of you like performing a, a baptism. Oh, okay. And then the congregation clapped. Oh, clapping, yeah. And so um, we're still working on that here. And all, the, uh, and all the Presbyterian friends of mine are like texting me, like, "What is all this clapping going on? <laughs> yeah, what are you doing?" I'm we're, like, uh, "We're excited that." God just, you know, adopted a child into his covenant family. Like, pretty cool. Kind of a big deal to yeah. quote Ron Burgundy. Yeah, I'm, wor- I'm, I'm working, working on that with some, with some friends of mine. Like, we had, we had like our little like backdoor chats. Like, like, hey, hey, so like this family's getting baptized. All right, when, 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 yeah. they, when they get, when they get sprinkled, let's, let's, let's clap. And we all just kind of like, like we, we didn't follow through. Yeah. But uh, I, I think it's I, like I, I agree with you. Like, that's an exciting thing. Yeah, like I mean. It's just one little, but for for uh, for us as a church, it's like a it's a spontaneous thing. It's not like a planned thing, or yeah. uh, I'm not like I don't do it to make everybody else do it. It just, you know, I don't know when the first time people started doing that, it just was like spontaneous. And I think it's mostly because most of our people come from not reformed churches, you know. Yep, yep. And they're coming from churches where, you know, that's kind of norm for them. For other, for you know, I have a lot of people like who yell out "Amen" or you know whatever this and that, you know. So yeah, it's just those are the kind of things where. You know, I, I at least me as a pastor, like I, I don't, I don't say you can't do those things. Like, sure, try sure. to cultivate a try to cultivate like an atmosphere of like it's 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 accepting and joyous and yeah. And if someone claps, they clap. If someone, you know, whatever, whatever. You know, it's not the end of the world. Right, right, know? right. So, well, that's that's awesome. <laughs> um, so, how how did you how did you eventually find yourself called to uh, Oceanside URC? So yeah, I, I, like I said, you know, we were, Carrie and I were in Iowa that summer. We come back from my last year of seminary uh, at Westminster and, you know, you're already like, and all the seminary students out there who, who may listen to this know the feeling and I, I feel your pain yeah. uh, to quote President Clinton. Um, <laughs> I've been there. Your final year of seminary, That's you right. know, and you're already stressing out about what's going to happen after you graduate yeah. and you, ha- you haven't started your first day of class because you're, you're, you know, you're so worried. And so anxious, like, where am I going to go? Where, what opportunities are there? And at that point, like, the URC was, like, way small. Sure. Very, very yeah. small. I mean, compared to what it is now, you know, probably half the size. Wow. Um, and, you know, most of these churches were Christian Reformed churches that became overnight URC. And most of these pastors were the pastors of the, through all the battles of, like, the 90s and the Christian Reformed church over all kinds of stuff. Um. And so, like, those guys weren't leaving. You yeah. Know? Like, those churches had just gone through, like, the trench warfare. Right. And they're, they're going to stick it out together. And so, like, there was literally, like, no opportunities. Oh, my goodness. No vacancies, no openings, no pulpits. You know, um, the church in Iowa and Dune, at some point, oh, gosh, it must have been, like, late in the fall or whatever, call, you know, they, they called me up and said, hey, you know, uh, if we waited for you to graduate, would you like be inclined to accept a call here. And Care Gina and I are like, yeah, I mean, like at that point we didn't have any kids. 
We mm. both had like virtually lived nowhere else. Uh, and well, you know, I lived, you know, in, in Sacramento for a year. She never lived anywhere else other wow. than, other than Mission Viejo. Um, so we're like, yeah, you know, we're up to that. So that was kind of like our thought was like, yeah, I guess we're gonna end up in Dune, Iowa. You know, like who, who would have thought that, right? <laughs> um, and then, um, you know, but I always had like what that like after that summer, especially when we came back, I had this desire to to be a reformed pastor in Southern California, somewhere, well, yeah, yeah, somewhere somewhere like because you know, like I said, I grew up in Redondo, you know, born in Long Beach, Redondo, like. You know the beach culture, like it just—I'm used to that. It's what I'm—it's what I know. It's how I feel most comfortable. Yeah. Uh, I just know the—I just know it. Um, so I started thinking about, you know, what would it look like to plant a church? And, um, you know, I—I—I I, I didn't know what to do though, because you know, there's just like there's there was no structure. There was no like yeah. missions board. There was no like place to go. You know, really? they're just your own thoughts. And so like I don't know. So at some point in that like spring um where we were kind of like hey i guess we're gonna end up in iowa you know we're gonna serve there it's gonna be great um uh escondido urc had uh one of their former westminster students who became a missionary bill green who's in costa rica um he came and was just like preaching in the states to the churches that supported him and yeah. he came to escondido that, that sunday and uh that sunday morning adult sunday school was epic um it was I, epic. Love it. Yeah. I love it yeah <laughs> like he gets up there and you gotta you got imagine like if, for those of you out there who don't know what a dutch reformed church is like you just gotta imagine like <laughs> you know if you've ever seen uh the fiddler on the roof yeah song tradition i mean like sure, that's yeah, the dutch yeah. reformed like to a t <laughs> don't rock the boat don't change anything because it's always been done this way for eons and eons in the past that's like right you know um so this guy so bill green comes in and he does a whole Sunday school lesson. It wasn't even a lesson. It was just like a, uh, uh, what did he call it? He called it something like uh, shotgun or rifle. Like that was his lesson topic, shotgun <laughs> or rifle. And everyone, you know, you got a lot of, you know, Dutch people, farmers, you know, they, you know, they, they, you know, a lot, a lot of gun culture, you know. So, yeah. you know. They were all in, yeah. But he gets up there and he's like, you know, you can either do missions by shoot, like shooting a shotgun, by sending money to all these places, or you can do it like a rifle and send all the money to one place. Yeah. Like one shot, you know? And he said, uh, you know, I challenge this church, something like this, you know, I challenge Whoa. this church. You're sort of like the, <laughs> the prophetic call, you know? Like yeah. I challenge this church uh, to stop sending money all across the world, which you've done a great job of for decades. Yep, yep, yep. yep. I challenge you to take that money and to focus it on one church plant in your own backyard. Yeah. Now, when he said that, again, <laughs> I like, can only imagine, everybody's kind of like, who is this? You know, they're not, they're not saying who is this guy. They know, they know who he is. They're kind of sure. like, you know, who is this guy, right? Sure. Um, and Karajina and I are like looking at her like, we're thinking about, like, we're, we're, we've been talking about planting a church, but we had no idea, mm. right? And when he said that, um, people in the adult Sunday school, and mind you, the adult Sunday school is like 400 people. So it's not like you, it's not like a little classroom where you know everybody. You know, and this is a, a this is a congregation that in those days like nine hundred people, two wow. two packed out morning services, and Sunday school is in between the two. So like people from the morning service go to Sunday school, people who are coming to the later service go to Sunday school. And it's almost like two congregations. Oh yeah, and yeah. they're meeting, and that's the time they meet every week, right? And they, and, they, and you get to know people. 
Yeah. So we didn't know hardly anybody. It's such a big church. Um, wow. When he said that, people in the in the uh, in the building were ye- started yelling out, "Plant a church in Oceanside!" And we're like looking around, like, "Who said that? Who said that?" There was like some some couple behind us over here. Yeah. There was like some person over there. And so after, like, right when the right when the Sunday school ended, the prayer we got dismissed. I we stood up as fast as we could, turned right back, and went to the people behind us. And it was like there was like three families yeah. that were there, and uh, one of them has moved has, has moved away, but two of them are still in our church. Wow, founding members of our church. Um, get to know them, and they're like, "Yeah, we've been worshiping here." This is twenty two years ago. They were like, "Yeah, we've been worshiping here for ten years." So, that, so they now have been in you know, Reformed Church for 30 years. They're like, we've been here for 10 years, praying for 10 years, because we live out in Oceanside, praying that one of these seminary students who's come through this church would want to go plant a church out in the coast. But yeah. not, one, not one of them has ever wanted to do it. And so we're like, okay, what's your name? What's your name? What's your name? What's your phone number? What's your phone yeah, number? Yeah, yeah. Right? So info, I start yeah. compiling. I start getting a hold of people. I... I go to Pastor Kaminga like the very next week. I like frantically typed out like that Sunday night like this proposal, yeah. To plant a church, not even knowing like what it even meant. Uh, met with him, and he said, you know, like like that very next week. Um, yeah, you know, I, I was there for Sunday school, and because he was going to retire, wow. So I was graduating, he was retiring, this is so and cool. he said, my, I heard what Bill Green said, and all I can all I can stop I can't stop thinking about before I. Before I retire in May, the end of May, I have to, when I leave this church, I have to leave it like with a church plant started. Mm. Like, I want to see this church start a church plant before I get out of here, right? Before I retire. So he was having that inner, inner stirring. I was having that inner stirring, you know, that other people had had it for 10 years, you know. So it all just kind of came, came together. Uh, we, you know, the proposal phase, the, they approved it, the congregation approved it, and this and that. Um, so we started, we started, uh, uh, we started meeting in Oceanside mm. in like the last month or two of my last year of seminary. Mm. So I was still a student. We were living in San Clemente, driving down for church on Sunday, drive back to San Clemente. And then Mondays we had a Bible study in Oceanside. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, Bible study started at, uh, Mike Brown's living room. Mm-hmm. Mike Brown now is a missionary in yep. Milan, Italy. Yep. Um, living, living room and, uh. Yeah, that's that, that's how that's how it started. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it, it's it's been re- really cool to um, just see how God's been been faithful to you, to your congregation. Um, uh, your your your, con- your congregation uh, it it has um, it, it's it's been been a been a blessing uh, to the federation as a whole. I mean. You you guys have had had a lot of a lot of interns come yep. and serve, um, and and kind of kind of get men- mentorship from you from you and the consistory. Yep. Um. How how many how many pastors would would have come out from uh, interning with you guys? I think it's like like twenty. I think it's like I I have a list somewhere. I think it's like twenty, twenty one, somewhere in that range. I think well, like right now. Currently speaking, I think ten of those guys are URC pastors. Okay. Uh, a few of them had been URC, but I think they've switched. Like one, I think one guy went to OPC and something like that. Um, but um, yeah, I think like ten uh, are now in the URC. We have a couple. We have a couple OPC. Um, 
I think we have a guy that, uh, a former intern that is a PCA pastor. We have one in New Zealand. Uh, we have one in, in uh, Germany, in Heidelberg, Germany. Um, <laughs> and where else? Canada. Well, that's Brian Cochran's in Canada. It's URC. Yeah. Uh, where else? And uh, oh, yeah, we have, we have uh, one, two, I think two, maybe three, but I think two uh, uh, Anglicans. Yeah. As well, Reformed Anglican. So, yeah, kind of like a good, like, mix of, yeah. and most, you know, and, 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 you know, people might ask, like, well, how come they would come to your church and become OPC or Anglican or whatever? Um, so, almost all of our interns, almost all of them, um, show up at Westminster, like, kind of like fresh off the boat of whatever kind of evangelical church they come from and they're learning about reform stuff you know it's like kind of like spitting image of me almost it feels like at times yeah um so most of our guys are in that same situation that you know yeah like us like we come out of whatever to reform stuff yeah um and so they come you know and some guys finish some guys don't finish they come back and finish later you know some guys live in certain areas and they want to pastor in a certain area and that might mean changing denominations whatever some guys take a call somewhere else. Some guys go start in the URC and then get called outward, outward uh, uh, outside somewhere else. So, yeah, I mean, everyone just comes. We 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 take them in. We care for them. Like we, yeah, you know, yeah, we love our interns and their and their wives if they're married and their families if they have, if they have kids. Um, yeah, and where wherever they end up is where they end up, and we you know we support them and we still pray for them. We still everyone in the congregation knows all of our former interns. We have a prayer list. We have a rotation. Wow. They see their name. They see the church they're serving at, what denomination it is, what city, state, whatever country, and uh, yeah, it's a big part of our church is the interns. And has that has that been like the heart of the consistory to to like shepherd these young men? Yeah, coming from yeah. Seminary? You know, like so, I mean, obviously, like it takes time to get to that point um, right. as a, kind of like an identity, but um, yeah, it's a big, it's like a big deal. And the elders know, like, it's a big part of my job is to oversee those, those, those interns and shepherd them and help them through and prepare them for examinations. And, you know, um, you know, like right now, you know, like we have one of our, one of our STEM students is going to be graduating this year. So it's like, we're trying to get his name out there. We're trying to find churches for him to preach at. We're trying to, you know, do do the matchmaker thing, like trying to to figure out like, where's a good fit for him? Like, where's a good spot for him? Like, you know, so it's like a lot of that kind of like behind the scenes, like just relationships. And so it's like, you know, we always start by talking with our former interns. Hey, does your church have a need? Or, hey, does your, your classes, your regional church uh, have a need? You know, yeah. could, you, could you have them as an intern? Um, is there any possibility to plant a church through your church? You know, so it kind of starts there, and then it kind of branches out. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, so uh, you, you've been, you've been, been a, a, pa- a pastor for, at, at OURC for, for 22 years now. Um, and so what, what got you into into writing um so pe- people yep. people who who go to who go to peace they'll, they'll be familiar with your name um you you wrote a book called welcome to a reformed church yep. and that that's on like our resource table and we that's that's usually one of like the first books we send cool. people home with and so that's that's been that's been helpful for a lot of people to Cyprian, like learn. Cyprian, thanks you because all the money <laughs> that is goes all the royalties go to his pizza fund. That's right. That's right. One, <laughs> one book is one slice of pizza. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> so thank you everybody for buying a copy of that. <laughs> but like, so like, what, what what got what got you into into like into writing? Um. Yeah, I mean, I 
so once I once we started planting this church, you know, like any thoughts of like going off to get more education, more degrees, you know, whatever, like all that stuff was like out the window. Like I just mm. my job, my task was just solely like planting a church. Yeah. Um, at some point, I got asked to write a little to write an article or two for you know some small little magazines, and I was like, yeah, I can do that. You know, I've preached enough to have you know material and whatnot. So yeah. Um. I did that, and then you know I would teach membership classes, or I'd have like a midweek Bible study, and then people would come and bring their neighbors and friends, and you know you get asked lots of questions, and so you know I would start to kind of compile like questions I would be asked, you know some kind of like simple answers I would give, um, and uh, yeah, you know, and of course like one of the main questions that you know we as Reformed people get, um, in any like historic. Christian church is going to get from a yeah. person who's evangelical is, the infant, is about infant baptism. That's a like, big one. That's yeah. always like one of the main, the main ones. Right. So, uh, that was my first book was on infant baptism. That's yeah. The little book, uh, let the little children come. Jesus loves the little children. Jesus, okay. I'm yeah. thinking of a different one then. Yeah. yeah. Jesus loves the little children. Jesus loves the little children. Um, so yeah, that was, that was my first book. It, and it was, I wrote it. Um, I, 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 th- I think that I, yeah, that one in Relic Reformed Church started off as kind of like a web page, even like really? on our church's okay. website, just yeah. kind of like a quick little. And then, like you know, if we did a baptism, I would always try to preach on something about baptism, and so like a lot of that material just kind of coalesced into a short, what I think is a help, helpful book. Um, so that I'd have to always like re-litigate the whole case <laughs> every time, you know. Yeah. Which we do anyway when people ask us questions, but. Yeah. But but now I can just say, you know, I have been able to say, okay, you know, let me answer, answer your question, but you, let me give you this book, and, you know, you're going to hear me say some things, but then go read, think yeah. about it, like distill it, kind of let, let it marinate a little bit more, and then let's talk, you know? And so, like, we've given out so many copies of that book, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was works like that, works like... Um... Yeah, Dr. Clark had an, had an essay on on infant baptism. It was helpful to me, and so yeah, I think that's that's cool that like um, like us as Reformed churches, we encourage people to like read these things, yep. we and give them proper material, and I, I think that fosters, that fosters good conversation. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you got you got into books, and then at at some point, you you felt like it might be a good idea to work on a on a PhD. How how was that process like for you? Uh, I'm not sure it was a good idea, but <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, yeah, that's such such a long like everything with me is long. Uh, my wife always tells me like you got to get to the point. Like you don't you don't tell quick stories. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm here for it, man. So you mentioned the Puritan Seminary. So I did I did a THM or Master of Theology degree at Puritan Seminary. Uh, I think I ended with it. When did I finish that? 2010. Um, and I did that originally like okay. I be, I'm be, I was being encouraged by people in the URC, um, especially seminary, you know, presidents, <laughs> not to mention names, um, oh, sure, sure. to do that, you know, because, you know, like seminaries have a hard time finding qualified, you know, professors. And yep. so they always want to encourage, you know, people that have, you know, some inkling of gifts in that area to continue so that, you know, the pool of available people might be a little bigger. Sure, um, sure. So that's why I did the Puritan Seminary thing. was kind of like, hey, I, had, I was like a pastor for eight years. I was kind of out of the academic thing for such a long time that I felt like I needed to to kind of like 
see if I can actually do it again. Yeah. So, you know, I was still pastoring here. They had a great program where you could, you know, fly out there for doing like one week module classes, like one week kind of seminars. I'd fly back home, you know, read my books, write my paper and this and that. And I did take like three years. Yeah. Um, and then, but you have to write a short, uh, like a master's thesis. Yeah. So I did that and I was like on John Owen um, and, and uh, his theology of worship. So I finished that in 2010 and I, and I really thought I was going to kind of like go right into PhD. Yeah. After that, um, you know, but in God's providence, um, the church, the, you know, the church, you know, just, you know, wasn't a spot for me to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, every church has its ups and downs and church planting, you know, has a, its own kind of set of ups and downs. So it's right. the right time. Yeah. Um, and so like, you know, things just kind of get lost in a shuffle, you know, like you just don't do stuff. You know, once you, once you, once you, like if, 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 if you don't use it, you lose it. Right. So it's kind of like you just focus on the problems and the struggles and like the stabilization of the church and growing a church and like, you know, building up leaders. And so, um, yeah. And then like 2014 came around and, uh, I was asked to put my name in the, in the ring, you know, uh, for what, for a, for a, for a professor job at Westminster, Philadelphia. Yep. Um, Carl Truman, a friend of mine asked me to do that. And, um, I said, yeah, I'll do that. You know, I'm a PhD, but you know, and I know I'd have to get one yep. in order to like stay, you know, employed, <laughs> you know? So I did that. Uh, I went through the whole process of like what it means to become a professor. You know, you do an interview at the faculty, you give a lecture at the seminary, you know, um, yeah, all that stuff. You write a questionnaire out, you do a phone interview, like there's a ton of steps. So I did all that and like their process, like they kind of whittled it down to three guys. Okay. For, a, for this position. Um, and I was one of the three guys, but the committee that was the, the committee that was supposed to recommend one guy to the whole faculty to then vote, like they were kind of deadlocked. Like, oh, okay. you know, one guy had two votes and I had two votes and the third guy had two votes, like or whatever, oh, or whatever yeah, combination yeah, yeah, yeah. thereof. Like they, they didn't have like a unanimous, like recommendation or even a majority from what I, from what I, from what I, <laughs> what I remember. Yeah. So, um, they're like the faculty told that committee, you know, hey, go back and start all over again, kind of thing. Oh, and man. so I was like, hey, you know, it's all good. Like in God's providence, like he gave me the opportunity to do an interview and, and to give a lecture at a seminary, a prestigious seminary, and, you know, meet a bunch of great people and, you know, think about the process. And hey, you know, hey, but it's not God's will. It's all good. You know, so I'm back to square one again. Like, you know, I'm back to just doing what I do. Yeah. Um, and then like 2015 rolled around and I got a phone call from the chairman of the committee. Um, and was like, hey, you know, we've re, we, we've redone our search. I've always felt like you were the right guy, and our whole committee now thinks that you're the guy. You know, okay, you know, thou art the man, right? Um, <laughs> and at that point, you're kind of like, well, the first time you didn't want me, yeah. And I went back into my hobbit hole over here, you know, <laughs> and like we're comfy over here, and now you want me to come back out of the hole and like go back to the whole process again. So, yeah, um, you know, I was like talked to Karajina about it and. We were both kind of like, yeah, I don't know, you know, it's like, it's hard, like, because every time a pastor like gets asked by a church, you know, maybe this is the, the this is my word for the wise for all the for anyone who might listen who's like ever on a ever in a church that has doesn't have a pastor that needs a pastor, yeah, and you know you got to go call a pastor. All they 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 only get it from their side of the fence, like sure. from this side of the fence. Um, yeah, there are pastors that are always angling. For the higher job, the bigger church, the more money. Like, yeah, sure, that, that sure. happens too. But, um, you know, like me, for 
I'll just speak for myself. Um, yeah, it's like heart wrenching every time. <laughs> right, right. You know, just getting a letter in the mail from a church saying our search committee, you know, has identified you as you know a potential candidate to be called for our open pulpit. Like, it's a big deal. Like, you can't just like wad it up and toss it. Yeah. You know, you got to say something. Um, you know, and when you like, you know, when you get those regularly, like some pastors get those regularly, it's yeah. like, yeah, you don't want to blow people off. Sure. You know, you don't want to just, you don't want to give them false hopes. You don't want to pretend like you're interested when you're really not, you know? So it's like yeah. every time it's kind of heart wrenching, especially when you're interested. Yeah. Um, you know, and you, they like you and you kind of are like, okay, this might be a place where the Lord is leading me. And then somehow it all falls apart. Like it's just, it's a heart, it's a heart thing, right? Like it's just, yeah. it takes a lot out of you. Um, so the Westminster thing, so we ended up deciding, okay, why would God bring this opportunity back into our lives? You know, we got to go, we got to like the, you know, there's a crack at the door. We got to go, got to go through the door kind of thing. Did the whole, so we did it. Thankfully, and I told him, hey, I'll do it, but I'm not going to go through the whole process again. You've already heard me speak, lecture. You've already yeah. interviewed me, blah, 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 blah. You know who I am. I've written a bunch of books. You know, if you want to know what I believe, go read a book, you know? <laughs> and give, I, give a sip of a slice of pizza. And yeah. By that, yeah. And by that point, like, I had preached for 15 years, and, like, I've preached, yeah. you know, I don't know, how many hundreds, you know, of sermons or whatever, whatever number it might be. Yeah. You know, hey, if you want to know what I say about whatever passage, you know, in a homiletic, it was a preaching job, preaching, yeah. preaching professor. Yeah. I said, hey, you can go listen. I've got you know a bazillion sermons online. Yeah. Um, you know, I, you know, and I, I wasn't saying it dismissively. I was just saying like, hey, I've already gone through the whole process. It's, it takes sure. a lot out of me to do that. And you seem like you already know, kind of like that you want me. And I, it seems like I'm willing to go to the door. So let's move forward. So they did it. Uh, the faculty voted. Uh, the board, you know, did their thing. They came back to me, offered me the job. Um, and then of course, you know, it's like, hey, we gotta, we we have to. And the elders knew behind the scenes what was going on. So then it was like, hey, guys, I got this job offer. I have X date to decide by. Um, let's let's tell the church what's up. And uh, so we did that, you know, decided to go, decided, yeah, this is God's will. You know, it seems like it, seemed like it was God's will. Um, yeah. Told the current congregation, a lot of tears shed that Sunday. Um, you know, a lot of, yeah, just a lot of tears. You know, it's a big deal. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then like, so in all that process, like I, I had to apply. I had, so I, because I accepted this job, like the terms were like, hey, by the end of your first term of service, which is like three years, you've got to like have your PhD finished. Yeah. So that meant I had to apply. So I so I applied to Free University of Amsterdam because um, I knew someone who knew someone who was like just up my alley for like um, topics and. Uh, so that's why I started the PhD program. Yeah. But then the whole Philly thing like fell apart. Oh man. Yeah, it all fell apart. I had to go back to the congregation with my telly to my legs and was like, hey, you know, <laughs> you know, I guess if you want me back, I'll, you know, if you'll take me, you yeah. know, kind of thing. Um, I hadn't left, of course, and I, you know, whatever. But it's like the emotional kind of thing, and it's like then it's like sure. tears of joy at that <laughs> point. Right? We Everyone's happy, eyes. you know. Ah, he's staying, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure somebody was probably like, ah, gosh, you know, this guy, get him out of here. But, Dang it. Um, I'm stuck with him. You know, yeah, we, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's so, and then once I was like in that PhD, kind of like, hey, I'm going to get a PhD. I have my, uh, my topic, my proposal, it's all been approved and this and that. I just started like 
slowly, you know, kind of little by little, um, doing some work. Then I spoke at a few conferences in in in, uh, in Europe, uh, you know, using my topic to write some papers and that kind of thing. Yeah. Then the whole shutdown thing happened for two plus years, and I was like, it actually made it <laughs> it actually made it way easier because really? like you're just, we're just home all the time. Yeah. Like I'm just surrounded by but you know it's like hey, we just made boundaries like hey kids you're doing school. In this room, in that room, in this room, mom's working here, dad's in his office for this many hours. Like, and we were, we were just, I just started cranking it out. And then it, I finished. So, yeah, thankfully, somehow I finished, man. Like, that's awesome. 48 plus years old, you know, just shy of my 49th birthday. I finished this bad boy. You know? There you go. Well, we're, we're all, we're all super excited um, that, that you got, got your doctorate. There was quite a few of us that were already calling you Dr. Yeah. Because, <laughs> right, dude, the guy's done the work. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so you, you got you got, you got a book coming up now. Yep. Uh, what's the topic uh, about? Um, gosh, I, I should have prepared for this, huh? Um, yeah, the, uh, the, the, the book title is This is the Word of the Lord. Yes. Um, what is my subtitle? Uh, Becoming Confident in the Scriptures. Yes. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's it. Um, uh, and that's being published by Christian Focus, okay, publisher, uh, which is in the UK. Uh, and the book should be out, I believe, like January fifteenth. And we'll, we'll aim to have this like release, yeah. like right. Oh yeah, cool. Time. Yeah. So yeah, and I know, uh, yeah, it, I know, like it's on Amazon already, um, or Christian Focus publishers. You know, you can pre-order. Yep. Um, that kind of thing. So it's already out there, available and whatnot, and I'm sure you know I'll probably do some more podcasts and like kind of promotional stuff. But yeah, um, yeah, the book is um, the the book is like a very it's a very short, like understandable um, uh, introduction to why why we believe as Protestants that the scriptures are sufficient, inspired, yeah, um, authoritative you know, all those kind of like key topics of like what we believe the Bible is yeah, um, and why we should be confident that what we hold in our hands is God's word. Yes. And um, yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of like a light polemic against Eastern Orthodox and Roman Catholic views of scripture. Sure, sure. Uh, and I interact a little bit and I use some writings from Orthodox and Catholic sources. Um, sometimes, you know, as a, uh, you know, as a foil, like, hey, here's a view that we don't believe. Sure. And other yeah. times, hey, some of these sources actually say things that we should appreciate, number one, and yeah. number two, that actually kind of ironically help us better than it helps their case. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, so it's it's just a, a book to give to people to help them to build their confidence in Scripture, read the Scriptures, hear them preached, Live, yep. try, to, try to share them, live them out, uh, and knowing that God speaks to us through his word. That's right. And because of that, you know, like, we don't need, you know, in another source of authority. God yep. speaks. Yep. You know, and that's good enough. Um, I, I was having a, a conversation with somebody um, who, who's a member of a, of a different type of faith. Yep. Right? And, and they, they were, were, were telling me that... You know, the only reason we have the canon the way the way we have it is because uh, uh, King James wanted it to be this way, oh. right? Yeah, he's like, there was like a hundred books, and he wanted to narrow it down to sixty-six. And I was like, well, let me tell you about a little something called the. Let me, let me introduce you to some some councils here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but 
that, that that's I think it's also, does, does uh does this work uh brush up on like how we got the canon? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I'm you know, I mean, I, I, there are awesome, really good books already on that. I think. Yep. Um, but yeah, it deals with that issue of like, you know, again, like we can be confident that the sixty-six books that we call the Old New Testaments, yep, are the scriptures. That's right. Now, yeah, there's there's good tradition. There are other books like the other books within the apocryphal kind of deuterocanonical, yep, you know, kind of corpus of books that we can read from, learn from, take edification from, and so forth. Uh, but none of that takes away from the authority yep. of Scripture, right? It's it's the Word, you know. This is the Word of the Lord. So that's right. And yeah, they they were quite surprised when I told them that. I was like, actually, it's yeah, it's in our confession that we can read these things and appreciate them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, uh, really? Okay, yeah. Yeah, and that's like one of the things people don't realize about uh, at least historic Reformed, you know, churches that, uh, you know, we want to be Catholic. We want to yep. follow as much as you know. We want to follow, uh, you know, the earliest Christian faith, yes. and we believe that you know we are making a good faith attempt at doing that. You uh, know, and, and part of that is, you know, the the books that we reject as scripture, yes. the apocryphal books. We don't say that every single word in them is like right from the pit of hell. Sure, sure. No, what we say is like these books don't, uh, th they don't say things to us in an authoritative way, like the scriptures do. Yep. We can still read them. We can still actually we still read them in church if you want to. Yeah. Um, and learn from them, learn morals, examples, um, sometimes historical background for the Old Testament or the, or the inter, uh, intertestamental period, you know, leading to the New Testament. Um, yeah, but we, you know, we just don't, we don't base our theology on these books. That's right. You know, so that's the key distinction. Awesome. Um, I, 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 I want to respect your time. So yeah, yeah. May, maybe some other time I can ask you about, about um, uh, how, 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 it's been cool to like see like your relationships with uh with pe people in like in anglican traditions especially bishop dobbs who wrote the yep. foreword for yep. your for your book yep um but maybe that's maybe that can be saved for another sure yeah we do that time. different time that's cool um but yeah we, so we got got something something cool it's like intersecting like your community with the pe people up in the northwest um and that that comes in the form of this giant beast chilling <laughs> on the couch here. Um, it's it's up to you if you if Seth, you want to join. If you want to come in, you can you can sit right here. Come on, man. Yeah, why don't you grab take a the, chair? Take this. Stop talking that real quick. Say test test. Test test. <laughs> Are you there? Yeah. All right. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Uh, so so yeah. So we, there's uh some something coming along pretty pretty cool. Um, Cyprian Hyde, you just committed uh to. Playing for the University of Portland, so go per, pilots. Hashtag yeah. go pilots. Yeah. Right. Hashtag go pilots. <laughs> uh, so yeah, t tell us a little bit about about your your journey in, in basketball. What what got you like interested in playing? Um. Well, I first started playing when my my dad made me play. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> fourth, fourth grade. <laughs> there you go. Started off there in rec, moved my way up. Um. Yeah, I really started taking it serious probably eighth grade. Yep. Beginning. Started working out with my trainer Frank Childress. Big shout out to Frank. Big yeah, shout big out, yeah. out Frank. Yep. Um, just work San Diego out. Premier Training. Yeah, first year just all mobility, like stretching, cause like I couldn't touch my toes. Just like <laughs> all all mobility, like that's why I called him the baby giraffe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just I love miss, it. Just focus on balance. But yeah, anyways, next year ninth grade, my freshman year. Uh, yeah. Um, at the end of that year, I was like six eight and three quarters. Yeah. I was only like 170 pounds. And I was a stick. And then, Jeez, yeah. <laughs> what, what are you now? Uh, 6'10". 
that I have. How much do you weigh now? 215. Wait, 315? 215. I was like, no oh, way, man. 315 is Shaq. That's yeah. like Shaq, yeah. No. 215, there you go. So, yeah, uh, fresh, end of freshman year, I uh, got my first offer from Eastern Washington, from Coach Legs. Yep. Nice. Uh, Shantae Leggins. Yeah, shout, shout out. Yeah, shout out Coach Legs. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he offered me, when he was at Eastern Washington, he's now at Portland, who offered me there. Oh, okay. So, yeah, their whole, basically their whole staff was there. They offered me after that year. Nice. And then sophomore year. Started off six nine, um, and that that year was good. Um, that was it. Later was okay, but and uh, towards oh. the end of the year, Coach Lakes moved the University of Portland, yep. and then okay. he, he offered me there too. So yeah, big time. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so you'll be going there. Uh, is it like a year from now? A couple years from now? Yeah, I'll be going to uh, Portland and. Second second week of June, I believe. T minus like five months, I yeah. think it is. T minus five months. That's yeah. awesome, man. Something like that. Well, when 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 you, when you're up here, uh, I'll I'll make sure you're you you got plenty of pizza to eat. Oh, for yeah. sure, yeah. Heck <laughs> yeah, man. Pizza a lot. <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. Um, so so yeah, so you, you started playing playing basketball. Kind of got a little bit of a nudge from from your dad. Uh-huh. Uh, what are some of your favorite things about about playing? Uh, I like my favorite thing about basketball probably is the pace. I, I like how it's fast. Yeah. Um, I, I played baseball before. I just didn't like it because I was slow. So I love basketballs fast. That's right. I just like being like meeting new people, being around my teammates, learning about different cultures and like different stuff. So yeah, uh, I just love my teammates. Uh, just uh, playing playing defense is super fun. That's awesome. Uh, my favorite is blocking shots and rebounding. Oh, yeah. So yeah, Heck yeah. Um, so so yeah, what what are some of the things that you're looking forward to like in in your future move to to Portland? Um, just. Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I'm looking forward to to playing for Coach Legs. Oh, there you go. Yeah, uh, yeah. You guys had a good, developed yeah. a good relationship. Yeah. Uh, assistant coaches. Shout out Coach TJ and Coach Bobby. Coach Pope. <laughs> I love those out. guys. Those guys shout are so out. awesome. They recruited me so hard. <laughs> I was looking forward to hanging out with them every day. Just just getting better. Um, you know the players. I I met most of the players on my visit, on both visits actually, and yeah, just hang out with the players. Just getting better because it's it's a whole nother level. Yeah, uh, it's it, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough, but I'm just excited to get better. And tell him about the we just met. Well, we yeah. just went to a game and Cyprian got to meet one of his future teammates. Oh yeah, I got I got to meet one of the future signees. Okay, point guard from <coughs> Arizona Compass Prep. That's his name's Vincent. So yeah, yep. he seems like a pretty cool kid, and they also signed another another six eight wing. So okay, he's, he's gonna be fun. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Um, so you'll be playing for the University of Portland. Yeah. Uh, do you have like, any idea like, like what, what you might want to study like academic-wise? Yeah, I'm leaning towards criminology right now. Oh, there you go. Yeah, uh, I want to be a detective after ball stops bouncing, so I'm, tar- I'm leaning towards that way right now. So, yeah. That's awesome. He'll be the world's tallest, uh, biggest detective. You know, he, <laughs> he, he, he won't be under, uh, undercover, though. It'd be kind of hard to miss him, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, well, that's cool. So, uh you you've got like a like a family a family of athletes it seems like yep. you're, you're telling me about about um yeah what 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 your kids are kids are into sure um well I mean maybe first uh Cyprian so Cyprian's an awesome basketball player awesome son and uh, you know the the highlight of his whole entire life so far is uh, he professes faith yes yeah a few weeks ago I don't know how yeah, I screwed yeah, over you probably that. saw that yeah I mean, yeah, I know, yeah I know you saw that online so yeah uh, yeah so in Reformed Church and we baptize. We baptize our babies, and because right. uh, we believe that they belong to God's covenant, then we teach them, 
Yep. You know, we, 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 we try to teach them. We try to pray for them. We try to be a good example. We make lots of mistakes along the way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then they, at some point, you know, we pray that our kids will make their own conscious, you know, embrace of the gospel and all the obligations of belonging to the covenant people. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Sip, how was that for you? Yeah, please, uh, please. That, that's more important than anything <laughs> we could talk about. Yeah. Uh, it, it was awesome. Just finally wanted to profess my faith in front of the church and let everyone know I, I believe in Christ. And it is yeah. awesome that everyone really welcoming me into their family. So being a, a member officially. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, pretty cool. Yeah. So I, I, like, what, 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 uh, what was, what was that like? Like, 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 what, what made you like want to like profess Christ and and to uh, come to the table of the Lord? Um, just I just wanna, just wanna just, like let everyone know, like, as ever, obviously everyone knows I'm Christian. Yeah. But just basically like making it public that sure that the Jesus is my savior and and uh, I want to partake in the communion. So. That's awesome. And like, so yeah, like. Me as a parent now, right? Yeah. Like that's like <laughs> I, I see stuff like that, and I get emotional. I'm like, man, and that's what we pray towards, right? We yep. pray pray that that Henry would would be be instructed, and that and that the Lord would do a work in his heart. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, we're excited. We're excited. We're very happy. You know, we've we've always been um, we've like Karajin and I as a couple have always been the kind of wanted to have the kind of family where. Um, like our kids in a house where the dad was a pastor yeah. like didn't feel the pr- like didn't feel any false pressure, any false expectations mm-hmm. about being a pastor's kid. So we try to just be normal. And that's, yeah. you know, like, so yeah. So sports, like people see that a lot of me, like, Hey, like you post a lot about sports or you're, yeah. Cause that's, that's like our life. You know, my wife was a college yeah. volleyball player. Um, I was a college basketball player and you know, like, yeah, our kids are athletic, you know, and like, this is one of the gifts that God has given to them. And so we just want to live a normal life, you know, and, um, you know, being in the, being in the community as member as, as Christians, like people see us, you know, outside of church, sure, right? Yeah. People, I mean, most people know us outside of church. Like they know us through basketball, they know us through soccer, they know us through, you know, cross country, whatever. And then we try to just be normal and try to live our Christian life and, you know, be love people, accept people, um, befriend people, you know, that kind of thing. So. Yeah, we've always wanted our kids just to grow up normal, quote unquote normal. Sure, sure, sure. And not like falsely impose like you got to profess your faith at this date. Yeah, because you know, we get a lot of that. I mean, I, like I've gotten a lot of that as a pastor from people, like even in the church, like, hey, you know, when when is Sip going to profess his faith, or hey, X Y Z just profess faith. When is it Cyprian's turn, or when is it Caden's turn? You know, mm. it's like, hey, the Lord, you know, the the Lord is going to work in their lives, and you know, we we don't doubt as members of God's covenant that they believe. But you know, we want them to really understand it themselves and make it a conscious thing and not just right. a forced thing. You know. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I think that's super super important. I, I've definitely have like seen examples of like of pastors' kids who have, who have like had that pressure put on them, and it's and uh, yeah, it's 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 tough. Yep. Yep. So, anyways, yeah, but but you asked about the other kids, you know, and like just our fam, you know, like, um, uh, yeah, Cyprian started playing hoops, fourth grade. Yeah. Um, Shalimar Jackson, first coach. Oh yeah. Right, Coach Shalimar. Shalimar. <laughs> coach Shalimar, first coach. That was, that was that was cool. And then I that and then Dad coached Sip for two years. Hey, there you uh, go. In the rec league, and that was super fun. Um, 
you know, yeah, lots of lots of hoops out in front. Um, Sip, Sip was a baseball player. Um, you know, he did cross country in middle school. Good athlete, right? Yeah. He always says like, oh, I'm not that great of an athlete. I don't <laughs> have a 40 inch vert, you know, and it's like you don't have to have a 40 inch vert to be a good athlete. You're a good athlete, bud. Um, uh, yeah, and then you know we have a 16 year old Caden. He he runs cross country and track uh, at Vista High School as well. Um, he's you know and like this year he got the most improved player. Okay. Uh, in the program at nice. Vista High, you know like he he like shaved like five minutes off of his uh, like his three mile. Jeez. I think he went from like 23 mm. minute three mile to like a where, where was he at like a 18 minute I think like that. Like he shaved off like five minutes. Wow. Yeah. So he's really taking it. He's like, That's a big take, deal. yeah, it is like, he's taking a big liking to that. And, um, you know, he's like gotten a few, you know, like kind of emails, you know, from some, some coaches, um, you know, in different schools about running cross country and track in college. So he's getting like kind of pumped up about that, you know, like yeah. <laughs> good for him. You know, man. like cross country and track is like, uh, you know, you get tiny amounts of scholarship money for the sports. Cause it's not like a money making sport, sure, like sure. basketball, football, so they get full rides. Um, but you know, like, Hey, we want, we told him, you know, he's one of our kids. We had to nudge more towards sports. Yeah. But we told him, Hey, you get to high school, you, 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 you to be part of our family. You got to play sports. Like, you know, <laughs> um, and we said, whatever, we don't care what sport it is, but we want you to be on a team just to be on a team. Yeah. Like number one, to exercise. Number two, to be on a team, to learn how to be coached, to learn how to interact with other kids. Like it's just a part of life. Yeah. You know, like whether like whatever it is, like, you know, being in the service, right? Being like whatever you do, like you gotta learn how to be like led and how to lead. That's right. You know? Um so yeah, he's doing that. He's doing awesome. And then Daxton, uh Cyprian's littlest brother, right? Yes. Big Dax, thirteen. We call him Munchie. Yeah. <laughs> Why is he called Munchie? I mean, you know, he's the third he's a third son, so it's like, you know, compared to Cyprian, everyone looks small. Right. Um, I was know. telling Cyprian yesterday, like, like, like me- meeting him and, and like having to look up. I'm like, I'm like, so this is how Henry feels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cyprian's head barely even fits in the door in our church. It's like we have an old, we, we, that old chapel we meet in is like, I think his head hits the ceiling almost, or, or the, the little door, the, oh, the yeah. door jam. Yeah. Um, Great very passes it. Yeah. So Dax, yeah, Daxon's a little guy, you know. Of, I mean, quote unquote, little guy. He's 13, wears a size 14 shoe. Uh, he's got bigger hands than Dad already. Oh my gosh. He's like, I measured him. He has a sprained ankle now. He's got a boot on, but he was like, with his boot, he was six one and a half. So he's probably like, <laughs> he, I, I got to measure him, but I, you know, he's somewhere a little above six. You yeah. know, uh, but he's a baseball player. He's a hooper. Um, just a fun, fun kid, great kid. And then Sadie, our daughter, is ten. Um, you know, she's played multiple sports. I'm coaching her for basketball right now. That's a lot of fun. Um, shout out to the Lady Raptors at the Vista Rec. Basketball hey. program. We're three and zero. Let's go. Going into the holiday break, we're three and zero. So we're gonna come out on a roar, you know. Um, yeah, but she's also a great soccer player. She plays club, club soccer for the Vista Storm, um, and she plays goalie. So um, yeah, just I mean, you know, we're, we're very busy as a fam, um, but you know, we we use the sports and the athletics and just all that all that fun stuff, just as a way to you know help shape our kids. That's awesome. You know, teach them about life, you know. And do you feel like you got a lot, a lot of that value, like just like be, being in sports, and and like learn to like be with other people. I I guess like, like where where are like a couple of like of like of like things that you you feel like have been beneficial to you. Oh yeah, like being part of a team. That, yeah. Being part of a team. Yeah, it's it's good. Like being part of a team, you learn to work together, not just by yourself. And 
you learn a lot from just being around other people. Awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad, glad to hear it. Glad that that's, that's gone, gone good for you. Um, but yeah, we, we, we've been, been recording for a good amount of time now. And cool. uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, just wanted to say uh, thank you. Thanks again. Yeah, uh, man. Dr. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks for making the drive yeah, down and yeah, hanging out with us here. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been great. Cool. Um, if, you're, if you're in like the Oceanside, San Diego area, uh, Oceanside United Reform Church is a wonderful, uh, wonderful uh, congregation you should consider worshiping with. Um, you can find everything about uh, Danny Hyde at your website, which is danielrhyde.com. Yep. And that, that's everything you need to know or about. Or just Oceanside URC. Or Oceanside URC.org. Yes. Yep. And then uh, you can look out for, for uh, C- Cyprian uh, here at the, with the Portland Pilots, right? Portland Pilots, yep. Portland Portland Pilots, Pilots man. Go Pilots. Go Pilots. <laughs> Coming up. Um, but, but yeah, uh, ch- definitely check out, check out his up- upcoming book, This is the Word of the Lord. Um, available right now on Amazon, and um, of course be distributed other places. Um, I'll put all the information on on the description on where you, where you can go to order those books. Cool. Um, give them a follow on Twitter, and yeah, um, if you liked this episode, please share it with other people. And um, until next time, peace, love, and chicken grease. <laughs> That's a wrap. <laughs> cool.